Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening. This is Jackson, and I have Rumble here from Sendadali as my co-host. And I also have Ben from September Vault fame. Uh, thank you for listening again. Here is Libra. Hi, Ben. Hi, Rumble. How are y'all doing today? Good, man. Pretty good. So, Ben, you, you go under the moniker September Vault, and you've, and you've released a song. What kind of led to you starting this project? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first of all, let me say that, like, I, you know, my name is Ben. I, I, should, I certainly don't expect people to, like, call me september vault or anything like that (laughs) you know um and it's it's really meant to be a band it just really just so happens that uh right now i'm the only member of said band (laughs) uh sort of the first founding member i guess you could say but um i've just i've always been uh recording and writing music of my own um just for probably like the past 10 years um even like when i'm in a 
another band or a project. I'm kind of also working on my own stuff. But um, it never, like, came to fruition uh, or, like, came to me releasing anything or labeling anything until maybe, like, two years ago. And I think part of the reason was um, I never, like, considered doing vocals. I always was just more like a guitarist. I've always always just played guitar or bass in bands. Uh, more so bass recently, but... Um, but it got to the point where I was putting these four songs together. Um, and I was thinking about inviting some friends to come on and do vocals for them. But then I kind of like started to realize that like I had stuff to say and I've always been a bit of a writer. Um, and I like writing lyrics and poetry so I kind of just went for it and um, started just trying. I, I took some singing lessons. I'm, I'm still taking lessons, and it's still kind of a, a new thing for me. But, um, yeah, part, and part of the inspiration, too, honestly, was my daughter. I have a six-year-old daughter, and um, she just has been singing ever since she realized that she had a voice. <laughs> so... Um, she comes up with her own little melodies and songs and lyrics now all the time. So it was kind of like inspiring for me and I, and I wanted her to see me kind of going for it too. And not just like playing it safe. So, um, yeah, I went for it. And some of the, some of the like emotional content behind the lyrics, especially for one song, um, is about my kids. So but like you guys said, right now, I just have Libra out, but I'm releasing each song one by one, and they'll add up to like a um, like an EP, basically. Very cool. Yeah. From what I've noticed, there seems to be something, and I know a lot of people who um, are artists, and they kind of have their own projects, such as Rumble here. Is there something, and either of you can answer this, is there something kind of freeing about having total control over your project? Like, it's your story, and you ha and you don't really have to, like, bend to anybody else's will? I mean, that's kind of a crappy way to say it, but, you know, like, you get to put your whole message out there. It's it's freeing in in a certain sense, but it's also a really daunting task to take on because yeah. when you're working on your own, you've got no one to bounce ideas off of. You just got to trust your gut, which I mean, despite having been a musician since I was like six years old, I, it, it's hard to, 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 to come up with something and be like, yeah, that was good. Like you, you would think, after all that time, you'd be able to trust yourself on what sounds good and what doesn't. But man, sometimes it's like, I, I need someone to tell me this is good. So yeah, it's, it's a little scary. Yeah, it's definitely scary, especially since uh, it's just you putting yourself out there. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's terrifying. Like to me, writing music is like the fun part. You know, it's like, putting myself out there <laughs> and releasing yeah. it that's terrifying because you're, you're talking about you know even if you're being super metaphorical i mean at the end of the day 
if anybody's gonna really like it and get into it, at some point they're gonna be like, I wonder what this song's about. Um, and so you know, that's that can what be you just scary. say. That, that's what you just say. Oh, it's up to your interpretation. Yeah, you yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think any good song is like that. You know, there's a certain. It's like a musical uh, Rorschach test. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's a certain amount of uh, specificness to it. Like there's a theme, but I think any good song lets you kind of project your own life onto it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so uh, we kind of talked about Libra a little bit. Um, I would just love to say, and I think Rumble also agrees with me. That's a banger of a first release. Like, Thank what you. kind of? What what kind of went into the creation of that? Like, is there a story behind it? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, do you want to know, like, the story behind, like, the production of the song or, like, how it even came to be in the first place? It's kind of like, I'm, I'm almost wondering where do I start? Cause... Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it, just if there was any inspiration to the writing but you can also feel free to yeah. go into the production like you can never say too many words on this podcast because if, if it ever gets Perfect. too bad i can just edit it down <laughs> okay um i so like i always really start with guitar if there's a guitar part that i stumble onto that i find interesting um then I, I start to run with that and start to structure the song. And then I start to either a melody idea will pop in my head randomly. Like it kind of comes to me, like it's not even my own effort or, or sometimes I'll start kind of trying to piece a melody together and I'll kind of, again, stumble onto a melody that works over it. I, a lot of it is just like letting the song happen because I'm the type of person where if I say to myself, okay, I feel a certain way about this. I want to write, write a song about this. It just doesn't work. Like I'm too, I start to judge it right away and I don't even know what my expectations are or why I'm even judging it. So it's like, I kind of like to just let it come out of the abyss or, you know, out, out of my subconscious. And then it, then usually by the time it's like 75% done, I'm like, oh, this song is about this. It's almost like therapy. You know what I mean? Like at first you're not sure what, <laughs> what the issue is or why you do this, that, or the other until like you talk about it a little bit. Um, sometimes it's more obvious, you know what I mean? But I never start from the point where like, okay, I'm going to write a song about this. I, I kind of let it happen. Um, so for Libra, it really very much just started with a guitar part that I really liked. Um, uh, and yeah, I just kind of, for a long time, it sat because like I said, I was trying to get other people to sing on it. But then one day I was just like, fuck it, let me try to write some something to it. And and you might even notice that the me the melody on on this song is like, it's super simple. You know what I mean? It just goes back and forth between like three notes. Um, so it was really like, in a way, like my first foray, I don't know if that's the right word, my first foray into like, uh, being a, a vocalist and a songwriter. So yeah, it's, um, 
I don't know if that explains the origins. You know, I, I think the origins are the same for all my songs. I just kind of like try to be open to letting the muses send me something, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mentioned this to Rumble last night, but, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of gives me My Bloody Valentine or Sonic Youth type vibes. Do you feel oh, okay. that at all? Um, yeah, no, I can totally see that. Um, I, man, it's always so flattering when people use like other awesome bands to describe your music. So, so thank you, thank you very much. I am yeah, curious. No, uh, what what were some of your bigger musical inspirations? Um, so like the first band that I really became like obsessed with when I was a kid was the Foo Fighters. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And then, like, from there, like, you know, like, Queens of the Stone Age, um, obviously, like, Nirvana, a lot of, a lot of stuff from, like, the 90s. Um, and then, it's funny, my stepdad, Kevin, had a CD collection that was really diverse. I mean, he had, like, The Police, Fleetwood Mac, all the way to, like, fucking, like, Limp Biscuit and shit like that. <laughs> And uh, I think I was probably like 14 or 15 at the time. And I had like a, one of those like boombox stereo systems in my room. I think it was like a, a big plastic Sony one. And I would just go out and grab a CD and like kind of figure out like what I liked. Um, and then as I got older, I got really into like, you know, more specific stuff. So like Incubus is a huge um huge one for me um i really like tool uh anything maynard does i think it's pretty awesome tool pussifer perfect circle um i also like went through this phase in my like pretty much throughout my most of my 20s where i was like obsessed with um like instrumental progressive music uh like like animals as leaders like prog metal oh yeah um that was like all i listened and i was kind of a snob about it too i was like hmm, this is like sophisticated music <laughs> you know what i mean which it totally is and I, and I still love it and i was also into like math rock you know like really crazy math rock too where there's just like very little melody happening and the and the rhythm is so, is so complex that it's you know um, have, have you ever listened to polyphia Oh yeah, I love Polyphia. They're sick. Oh, they, like their guitarist Tim Henson, he's so fucking sick. Like I have his <laughs> uh his Neural DSP plugin. Nice. And like he has like a nylon guitar plugin and it's just so fucking sick. Wow, so it, like emulates the nylon guitar? Yeah, it's so fucking cool and he just released his own signature nylon guitar too. Dude, that's awesome. I'm so glad that like um there's such a big market for that type of music right now. It seems like there's like, you know, a lot of successful instrumental rock bands. And that's awesome. Yeah. I saw them with dance, Gavin dance, and it was like a whole ass experience. Like I wish I would have been on mushrooms or something. Cause like, <laughs> yeah. like that would have just been so sick, but yeah, I can definitely hear a lot of those inspirations and influences that you mentioned. Um, Especially like I think I can hear some perfect circle in there and stuff like that. Um 
Have you ever seen Tool in concert? They're so fucking good. Oh my god, no! I really want to, and now their their tickets are like so expensive. It's like they, but they really kind of sell it to you like as an experience. You know what I mean? And they have like all these packages because I was looking at potentially going on this last tour they did when they released this uh, most recent album. But God, I wish I could see them live one day. I will. I'm actually really glad that uh, Tool got brought up. Because the the combination of on, on your song, the combination of the um, the way the vocals are delivered, and also the the slightly odd time in the um, in the verses, mm. it did give me a big Tool vibe. Like maybe not quite as crazy as Tool, but you know, I could I could see the influence. Um, th- this isn't directed at you. Um, but I do want to make a statement. Sure. Uh, if you're one of those Tool fans <laughs> who is like, yeah, I listen to Tool. What about it? I'm better. Like, shut the fuck up. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I think back in my like obsession with uh, instrumental music and prog music days, I might have been one of those guys like, bro, like I, I probably made my friends listen to Lateralis, the song Lateralis. And like it, it syncs with the Fibonacci sequence. You gotta, you gotta count the syllables <laughs> of, of the verses. And uh, yeah, I've totally been that guy before. <laughs> Dude, Tool, Tool is really cool, and I'll give them that. But yeah. they have the most insufferable fan base. Oh my I God. would rather, I would rather hang out with a bunch of fucking Fred Durst fanboys than <laughs> spend than spend thirty yeah. seconds in a room with some Tool snobs. You know. Yeah. Quick, quick oh. side note, like, I know everybody loves to hate on Limp Bizkit, and they're not necessarily my cup of tea either, but I did listen to their most recent album, which I might have been, like, two years ago now, and I was like, damn, this is really fun. Like, this music is actually fun. Like, I don't hate it. I ended up listening to uh, one of their singles, like, a couple times. It's like a tradition for me on my way to work, regardless of the job, to listen to break stuff and roll in Air Raid Siren. Because it just gets me so fucking pumped. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like the point of the song. And yeah, that's one thing I've come to learn lately is like I don't believe in in guilty pleasures when it comes to music. Like, like what you like, bro. Like, bro, there's some good. Um, there's some fucking good uh, Nickelback. So everybody hates on Nickelback, but like, what's that one song where he's talking about like picking up his girlfriend and like riding off in his sports car and they get caught like oh, fucking animals. Yes, that's a fucking dope yeah. song, dude. That's a banger song. Yeah. How could you not I, like that? I, I love doing Nickelback songs at Ollie's Pub karaoke because everybody's like, oh. ah, fuck Nickelback. But they're just so much fun to sing. Like, the choruses are so catchy and, like, it's just fun. Like, Nickelback is just fun music. And I don't like people who take themselves too seriously where they can't just enjoy music that's fun. Like, I work at Domino's right, right now and, like, Honestly, the music they play over the speakers isn't really my taste, but like it's fun and people sing along to it and dance to it. Like, who gives a shit if it's as long as it's fun? Yeah, as long as you enjoy yeah. it. Well, it really matters. I've been I've been trying to let go of my idea of guilty pleasures uh, mm. because you're so right. You know, just like like what you like and um. One of the biggest fans that had an influence on me growing up, uh, and still, uh, um, is uh, Counting Crows. Oh, and 
I yeah, I was getting into the fucking I was getting into the punk scene. And I was like, I can't tell these guys I listen to Counting Crows. I can't be rolling up to the function jamming to fucking Mr. Jones, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but like at this point, who cares? Yeah, you know, I think the part of it is being young and um I think for every human being, when they're young, they go through a phase where they're seeking belonging, right? And identity. Mm-hmm. And when you find groups of people who who have found this thing, whether it's a band or a scene or a, a certain aesthetic that just for whatever reason, like resonates with them, like they go all in on it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, it can create this like sense of like elitism sometimes. Like that's still very prevalent in metal music. Like what you said about tool fans. I think they're, they're that way too. Um, and it's funny because like even Maynard likes to shit on tool fans because it's like, you know, bro, it's it's just a song. It's just music. Grow up. I mean, I'm glad you like it, but at the end of the day, don't be so serious about it. Yeah, it's kind For of sure. like the um the Kurt Cobain story with In Bloom. Like he he just made fun of like all the fucking jocks and shit who like to jam his music, but like don't actually listen to like the shit he preaches and talks about. Yeah. Like, it's it's easy to get caught up in whatever but yeah it's just it's i and i talk about this a lot on the podcast i don't believe in placing yourself into like a hole or whatever like in a in a box like mm-hmm. next week i'm going to shoot a bunch of different bands of different genres like i'm gonna shoot fit for a king who's like metalcore deathcore whatever and then I'm going to shoot freaking Sublime with Rome at Reggae Rise Up. And then I'm going to shoot Knuckle Puck. And then I'm going to shoot Neverless, who's like Ska. Like, nice. I feel like I have like a reputation of being like the rock metal dude in the scene. But like, come on, man. I just like shooting bands that have fun. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It, there's something too to be said about like a good song. Like a, a good song is a good song is a good song. Like, and by good, I just mean it resonates with people. You connect with it on some level and you can take a good song that's in a particular genre and undress it and dress it in a different genre. And the bones of it are still going to be there. The reason that people connect with it are still going to be there. For sure. Yeah, um, there's a local artist from Fort Myers. His name is Gutterlove. He's also the bassist of Traders, who's like a big hardcore band. And um, he just like reposted on a story, like an old acoustic live stream he did. And damn, I was like, this isn't at all what I listen to. But for whatever reason, I'm like, this fucking rocks. And it spoke to me. I also listened to that uh, song you posted on your story, Rumble. And I'm like, damn, do I really like folk punk now? Because I feel like I like folk oh, punk now. What, what song did I post on my story? Um, Call a Cab. Oh, that song is crazy. Yeah, this new job got my brain fucking fried. I can't <laughs> think. Yeah, I feel that. Well, anyway, back to Ben and September Vault. Um, yeah, let me think. I don't really do a lot of preparation for this because I think preparation is for posers. Um, I've got a question. <laughs> okay. Is it is it okay to to talk music theory on the podcast, or is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's uh, for nerds. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's for nerds. All right. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm curious, uh, how in the verses, how do you count the time signature? Because I'm counting a bar of four and a bar of three. Is that right? Um, what I do is I count three bars of four and then one bar of two at the very end. Oh, and you're counting, you're counting faster than me. Yeah, probably counting like double time compared to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when, when I first listened to it, that's how I was counting. But then mm -hmm. I was paying attention to the kick and the snare. And I was like, oh, shit, no, that's where the one and the two are. So I started counting it uh, at half the speed. And I came up with four and three or seven, if you will. I don't care. Um, right. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like uh, it works either way, whether you do it that way or the other way. It's just about how how you feel it, you know, as long as you know where the yeah. stuff. Um, but I, like I said, I, I, I've like wrecked my brain with like years of listening to nothing but crazy prog music that. Yeah. I just accidentally come up with stuff in odd times and accidentally come up with like, you know, key changes and modulations and stuff. And I'm not even thinking about it. I just have like a preference for like kind of weird music. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, there's another thing I was curious about because um, I like to think I have some pretty decent uh, relative pitch. Like if you were, if you were to give me the key of a song, I could tell you what the chord progression is just by listening to it, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. I couldn't figure it out, man. I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It felt like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it felt like the verses and the choruses were in different keys. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yep. Okay, cool. So, I, so basically what it is, is uh, the simplest way to explain it is the, the uh, verses are in E minor, just like normal E minor. Uh, and the chorus is E Phrygian because oh uh, fuck off yeah so so it's <laughs> it's close enough that it doesn't feel like a completely different song but when the chorus hits it starts with that F chord yeah yeah, uh, yeah the flat two yeah yeah so that that's a that's pretty much what's going on there and I didn't think about I didn't like decide to do that I just it just kind of happened I just also it sounded cool any guitar no matter what tuning you're in when you're playing guitar how many strings you're playing with right the first mm -hmm. fret is for some reason the funnest note to play like i think an f chord is probably it's hard it's weird to say like my favorite chord but there's something very satisfying about playing an f and so it just kind of happened naturally that's no that's kind of fair like you play, you play an open string and then you hammer down on that first fret, boom, metal. That's it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why like so many jet bands just go zero one one zero one 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 zero one 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 zero two. Like motherfuckers talking in binary. Are um Ben? Are you located in the Tampa area? Yes. Uh, if you like jet bands, I recommend um, chasing airplanes. They're like. They're like um, electronic gent, kind of like old Attack Attack or Asking Alexandria or whatever, okay. but magentier. I definitely recommend checking out one of their shows because they're just super good, super nice guys. Like, they're just really fucking sick. I shoot them a lot. Hell yeah. airplanes is very, very sick. Yeah. Played a couple oh. shows with them.
yeah, I'll look them up on Instagram and, and give them a follow. I love going to see local shows. And to be honest with you, I wasn't aware that there were some cool gent bands in, in Tampa. There's a lot of like metal, oh, dude. metalcore bands and stuff like that. But yeah. I think yeah, they're that. really the only gent band I've heard of in Tampa. There's um, there's some heavier bands, but the only other one I could think of is like maybe Body Snatcher, but they're more like hardcore. Mm. I think the thing about gent music in particular is it, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like it's very closely tied to like bedroom recording rig guitarists making songs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very pro tools. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very like, there's a lot of gent projects that are just like one guy who's like fucking prolific at writing awesome riffs and programming drums. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Funny you say that. Uh, Chasing Airplanes, when they play live, plays with a fucking bass on a laptop. <laughs> yeah, it always cracks me up because, like, they'll be doing sound check and, like, they'll be like, let me hear the bassist. And, like, one of the guitarists will, like, fake playing bass while the laptop goes. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, at least they, they, they play on it like that. But, um, yeah, dude, whatever, whatever works. I saw Periphery live. Uh, couple years ago when they were touring for hail stand and nolly wasn't there they didn't have their bassist there it was just the guitarist and didn't bother me one bit yeah absolutely moral, moral of the story is fuck bassist all right who needs a bassist holy shit i'm leaving the podcast <laughs> i know i'm just kidding like i said i played bass in many bands so just kidding I in two emo bands in the tampa area man no, no. Bass is obviously like, is like fucking the most important. Like, oh, you're, you're you're just trying to butter him up after that, <laughs> bro. I swear to God, I don't even got a car, but I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was funny. The second band, either first or second band I ever shot. Um, actually, the first two bands I ever shot did not have a bass player. It was on March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. And I shot Desigo. They now have a bass player from with London from Emerald Vision. They're like a they're like a Cape Coral bass band. And also I shot Iron Buddha, whose bassist had COVID. So I learned very quickly that bassists are not that important. <laughs> I think I think ultimately, like you can get away with pulling just about any instrument out and putting them on tracks live unless it's like a guitar solo or something where uh the experience is very much tied with seeing somebody like perform something that's like a spectacle but the only where i would draw a line is like you got to have a drummer like if you're just one guy up there singing with a guitar and there's a full band of backing tracks i'll i'll (laughs) accept it as long as you have a drummer dude i have to tell you about this band i saw because that reminds me, uh, I, I played a, I wish I could remember the name of the band, um, but I'm pretty sure um, my band, Send and Delete, participated in this, uh, this is like um, punk rock scene yearbook thing that someone put together. It was a really cool concept. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was at that show. There was this band, kind of a band. Uh, it was this old fucking dude in this like battle vest playing a bass run through this <laughs> massive rig 
with like a shit ton of different distortions on it. Oh, there fuck. were three. There were three backup singers, all dressed as nuns. <laughs> and that was it. They just played with backing tracks, and it was so badass. It was the coolest thing I have ever seen. That honestly, that sounds pretty fucking awesome. You had me at just a bassist with like a rig that like had several amps or whatever the fuck he had going. It, it was like a full stack with one bass. Damn, that's crazy, dude. Um, I, I just found the name. The name is fucking awesome. Are you ready? Uh, I, I don't know. Let me hear it. Okay. Marcus the Carcass and the Bloody Nuns. <laughs> Marcus the Carcass. They're going to make it big. I swear to God. I dig it. I kind of like that a... I kind, I kind of like a theatrical bands sometimes. Like... Um, I really like Ghost. I don't know how, how you guys oh, feel yeah. about it. But yeah, Ghost I, is sick. Yeah, obviously because the music is fucking awesome. That's that's initially all, all I care about, but I I really like Ghost. And so once I kind of like started, you know, once you find a band that you like, you kind of dig a little more. And then so when there's like, when there's a theatrical element, it creates this air of mystery that's like kind of fun. Like um, uh, Sleep Token. Um, they're like, releasing music uh some new music right now and fucking amazing music and then at the same time like i think at least their singer kind of has a persona and wears a mask on stage yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. visual so i think that adds to the fun sometimes yeah I when I everyone was speculating that it was cory taylor behind the mask what it's, um, it's very much not it's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody did answer in an interview. I'm trying to remember the, the persona. It's something that starts with a V. I, I don't remember. But um, someone asked him in an interview. They were like, are you this guy? And he was like, dude, I'm in four bands already. <laughs> I don't have time for this. It's, dude, it's obviously Franz from Attila. Oh, clearly. Oh, I can't tell if you're being serious or not. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, okay. I'm not super familiar with Attila. Oh, they're 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 kind of in the Limp Biscuit realm of like oh. party bands. Oh. Like I think I think the singer for Sleep Token is clearly Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. Right, obviously. <laughs> um, but, here's here's how you know it's not Corey Taylor. Look at the singer from Sleep Token, and if his neck isn't the size <laughs> of a tree trunk, it's not Corey Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're kind of dude. Corey Taylor is fucking. Dude, yeah, yeah I, I think that it probably explains why his voice is so powerful. He's got so much neck muscle. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "Choke me in bed," and she'd be like, "Dude, I fucking can't. That thing's too big." He like three more people to choke you. <laughs> she, bro, she'd be grabbing a toe strap. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, like, we're talking about like theatrical bands. Like, to me, the first thing I always think of is like Smashing Pumpkins from like the Melancholy and Infinite Sadness era. Like, especially with songs like Tonight Tonight. Like, they just have such like a grand atmosphere to like you feel like you're you're like entranced in like a movie premiere or something or something grand, like a like a great Gatsby type party going mm. on. Like, it's just. It's very cool, and I always 
like I think Melancholy is like there are very few perfect albums, but I think Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness to me is like one of like ten of them. So yeah, I always recommend checking it out. I think I agree with you. That is a great, great album. That's interesting that you say that, how we're we're talking about like theatrical elements and you're like specifically tying like the characteristics of the music as being something that is cinematic in a way. Yeah, there's just something very grand about the atmosphere to it. Like when like I do music reviews for Semper Metallum and one thing that always jumps out to me when I'm thinking about the production is like the atmosphere and what it's trying to tell. Like I feel like the atmosphere mm-hmm. tells as much of a story as the lyrics does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think in fact, I think most of my favorite favorite bands that I'm like a hardcore fan of um tool being a great example of that um has that certain element that's just already in their music that creates like a whole world kind of um and so it's like you're not just listening to a song purely because it's fun or or but it it kind of gives you an experience like almost akin to like hearing someone tell you a story or you know watching a movie or something like that um and it it leaves you wondering like it leaves you thinking about it you know what i mean so yeah there's that's that's huge for me for sure i think there's a i think there's a fine line uh between theatrical and gimmicky though Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's it's very... I'm not going to call out any specific bands, especially not any specific local bands, because that's not very cool. But um, I, I've, I've seen, either in person or online, a, a good chunk of bands who are trying to do something, like, quirky and creative, and it comes off as really stupid. Right, like, it comes off, like, heavy-handed, and it's... it's I think part of it is, like it's a big ask to upfront offer somebody like a fucking concept album about, you know, a trip you had on shrooms or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like not, not even just like that, but like bands that make it their entire image, like ghost does it really, really well. Mm-hmm. But I, I have seen bands who don't and they, and they, they really like try to push this this uh this image and this this gimmick that they're that they're putting on and gimmicks can be good but yeah i think i think they can very quickly be overused oh yeah and, for uh, sure. that, that, that that's a tough line to walk so rumble that begs the question <laughs> is Corey taylor bong water <sighs> what how many times how many times do i have to explain this Bongwater is his own entity. Sorry, their own entity. Bongwater is one. Um, Bongwater is a cryptid that we found in the woods, hitting the bong, creating massive clouds. I think, I'm pretty sure if I have the number right, Jonas is the one that made this astute scientific observation that one in every 164 clouds you see in the Tampa Bay area of Florida is one of Bongwater's rips. Anyways, that's not just a guy in a mask. I don't care how many times you say, oh, it's Jonas. Jonas stepped off stage and, oh, here comes Bongwater. No, he is his own entity. He understands 
that when Jonas steps off stage, that's his time to come up because he knows that four is a crowd. It's not some crazy <laughs> coincidence. I swear to fucking God, Jackson. <laughs> okay, good to know. So to, to <laughs> fill you in, Ben. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> uh, so there's this cryptid, right? And uh, they have like, um, they. it's hard, kind of hard to explain what they look like. But uh, they have Paul like it kind of looks like it kind of looks like a demented bunny rabbit. No, dude, man, you're fucking this all up, man. Bongwater <laughs> is a giant pastel half man, half alpaca. What is so hard to understand? <laughs> and, and he also <laughs> plays great guitar, or well, no, no, wait, 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 let's back up. He's half, half what, half alpaca? Half man, half alpaca. And he's passed out. That in and of itself, visualizing is hard to understand. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to send you, uh, on Instagram, I'm, I'm actively sending you a picture of Bongwater so you can get the idea. Okay. All right. Hold on. I've got to find a good one. Y'all can keep talking while I search. Okay, um... Anyway, uh, we've kind of talked about your influences, but I always like to ask, um, is there anything you've had on repeat that you've been listening to a lot as of late, Ben? Uh, let me think. I mean, there definitely is, but I try to avoid saying the stuff that I've been listening to for like 10 years now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, what's, what's the new music in my life? And I, I kind of am in like a, a transitional phase right now where I'm really getting into a bunch of new stuff and I'm kind of like discovering all these individual songs where I'm not even like quite that familiar with the artists yet. Um, there's this one. Oh, here's a great example. And it's cool because they're not like a super huge band yet. Um, Giveth. They're this sort of dark pop sort of dark industrial pop with like rock elements. And we were talking about music that's like very cinematic, you know, not in the visual elements, but just within the music itself. I kind of discovered them. How did I find them? Oh, the, the, I'm working with some uh, graphic designers who are helping me make like the album art and stuff for Libra and, and all the rest of the songs. And I think one of them, I don't know. I, one of them told me about them or something, and that—that's how I discovered them. But yeah, Giveth. That's 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 very new for me, and I've kind of like been going down. I dare say this road of like experimenting with synthesizers a little bit and going down the that kind of dark pop uh, rabbit hole a little bit because. I really like the textures of like a good, a good gritty synthesizer, and I'm not like huge into EDM, because um, I really like I don't know like right now I just personally like music that has like specific a specific chord progression, and a specific message. Um, so yeah, there's this other artist I I recently discovered, um, who I think she's already like really popular. I, I'm so bad at like keeping a track of who's popular in mainstream these days, but her name is um, Paris 
but she spells it with the A as like a, a V, almost like it's an. Oh up to- yeah, yeah. I've I've listened to yeah, them whatever. a bunch. They're super good. Oh, see, are they a band? I I don't even. Uh, they at least used to be a band. I saw them open for Lincoln Park back in like 2014. Mm, okay, she has this song called uh, "Dead Weight" that I'm just like obsessed with. Like I, I've probably listened to it like a hundred times already. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, um, oops, sorry. The pictures I'm... have the pictures have been sent over your way. Oh okay, let me check this shit out. I I need to know what you're talking. About. Uh, he he uh quickly became, or sorry, they quickly became uh, uh Sen and Elite's uh, mascot. Okay and single-handedly the best part of our show like fuck the music bong water is where it's at oh hell yeah okay i see what you're talking about okay so there there's a lore around this guy oh there's for sure a lore yes i like that Honestly, an idea that we were tossing around for a little while i don't know if we'll ever actually do it but send and delete wanted to make like a short little comic book about bong water oh that's oh, fucking... that'd be cool as fuck hell yeah, yeah. That, it's That'd be expensive, though, because none of us can animate. <laughs> I think a cool I mean, idea would be to, like, make a music video that's, like, an origin story for Bongwater, like, y'all capturing Bongwater and them becoming part of your band. I don't know. It might come off as cringe, but I think if done right, it could be cool. Dude, everything Send and Delete does is cringe. Have you ever attended one of our shows? Have you ever doom-scrolled our, our Instagram page? Yeah, I'm we also. Do, we don't do anything thinking, oh, yeah, people are going to think this is fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm friends with Egan, and that's as cringe as it gets. So That is as cringe as it gets. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I've been listening to Motionless and White a lot over the past couple of days, and we're kind of talking about like cinematic type stuff. And like, again, kind of like Smashing Pumpkins, everything they do is very, very grand. And there's like a concept behind it. And I saw them at Furnace Fest as well, and they were just so fucking sick. Hell so yeah. I definitely recommend checking them out, especially you, Ben, if you if you enjoy some heavier type stuff. Yeah, I will check them out. Yeah, like I said, I'm online. I'm like on the hunt. I'm just consuming new music like crazy right now. Well, new to me music. I usually ask when we start to wrap up, um, what is your best sales pitch to check out September Vault? <laughs> um, enjoy my pain. Come, <laughs> come watch me express all of my, my trauma. And uh, maybe if, if, if you have some of that same trauma and you like to laugh about it and perhaps cry about it if you just like if you like looking into the void and kind of like chuckling then i think you might like september vault um i just wanted to give so earlier like at the very beginning of the podcast i think one of the questions was like what's your process like um and i kind of explained how i had been writing these songs and like once i pretty much had them done one of the things that rumble said was one of the things that makes it so hard doing it on your own is like, you don't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. Um, well, I've been working with a very good friend of mine, my buddy, Tyler Coy. He's um, actually, I was trying to get him on the podcast too. He's uh, the lead singer songwriter of Panda Paws. Oh uh, yeah. 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 They're yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, and he's he's producing now. He's got a, a couple of different artists that he's producing. And we've just been friends for so long that, you know, we started working together and he's he's producing this EP for me. So like even though I had the songs like pretty much already fully written, uh once we got into the studio together, you know, he kind of really helped me make some some big choices and even some changes and he's helping me add some instrumentation and just kind of like like i said i've been working on like recording music on my own like in my room a lot and when you do that for a long time you kind of put yourself in a little bit of like a bubble where like you're not learning from other people and so it's been a really cool process kind of like working with him we also went to um to uh, a studio uh, owned by Robo Senton. He's got like this awesome home studio at his house. And we did a lot of experimenting there with different, he's got like a million different cool like vintage amps and fuzz pedals and guitars. And we spent so much time there just kind of like figuring out the sound of the guitars and stuff. So I just wanted to say like, it really hasn't just been me on my own doing this. I've really kind of come to rely on like a small team of people who are really helping me. Um, and it's been really cool working with a producer. And I would say to anybody who is writing music on their own, consider working with, with a producer. I think I'm like I'm a little older now, like I'm, I'll be 34 this year. So I don't have this, this need to like be the only person who, who touches everything and does everything themselves. If anything, I'm realizing it's more about like, having things in place and allowing other people to come in and let them influence things too. You know what I mean? That's why I consider this a band because my goal eventually is for this to be a band. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I think like a lot of people's favorite albums would not be what they are without a really fucking good producer giving them advice and giving them some direction to go and like a lot of times like a lot of the cool atmosphere and mm. like albums and stuff is because a producer was like right this would be really cool to have in the background so like i definitely yeah. think you have a good point there like there's no i really don't think there's any shame in being like hey can you help me with this yeah like absolutely a, a great actually a great example is the chorus of libra it's it's kind of it's got a lot of space and there's like an acoustic guitar that's filling up that space. And originally when I, when I wrote it and I recorded the demos, that was just all uh, like distorted overdriven guitars. And it kind of like, it sounded cool, I guess. But then when we got in the studio and we started fucking around, um, this acoustic guitar idea came up and like breaking it into like one part where there's an electric guitar holding out these sustained chords and then the acoustic guitar comes in and does the strumming and i was like afraid of doing that. i was like that's such a big change but it you know it doesn't change the the uh like the per it doesn't change the core personality of the song it's more just about like dressing it in a certain way to represent you know, your ideas, you know, digging deeper and finding out like, how do I really want to represent this lyric and, and the vibe and message of the song? So yeah, working with Tyler has been huge. Well, Ben, thank you for joining us today. I hope, I hope you 
have a great rest of your day. I wish you the best of luck in putting out some more new music. Yeah.